Holy Spirit has been doing so much already uh, during this, this service, and, um, and I feel like he, he just wants to continue to breathe, continue to move. Let's uh, just for a moment be Mary at the feet of Jesus instead of Martha running around doing the, the next thing, and, and let's do what, what, is, what is better, and that is to, to take a, an extra moment in his presence. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would breathe through this room freshly right now again in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. One thing that I do to, um, to receive his, his presence is, is breathe in as if to receive the Holy Spirit. Wind, wind of God, blow in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you for your presence. Let's just take a, just a, a moment to, to step in, to step in again. Jesus, thank you for your presence, Lord. Just as we're here, I, um, I've just been feeling over the course of the morning so far a, a few uh, prophetic words, and I'll, I'll just um, share some of those. And so, um, yeah, Darren, I, I just felt that I saw you um, taking hold of a couple of pillars and, and then planting them, and they're like foundational pillars. And then it was the, the picture of, of Samson, and I saw him um, uh, ripping off the gates of the city and then taking them up on the hill. And I, I feel like the, the Lord's saying that he's going to give you favor in the city, and he's going to give you favor to, to open the doors um, of the, the community and the city, and that you're going to walk in, in that favor, and you're going to be able to shift and, and change things. And so, Lord, I, I pray for that. Um, just as he steps into that, that favor, Lord God, we, we're praying for the favor of God like, like Joseph had uh, with, with Pharaoh, Pharaoh like, like Daniel had, Lord, that as, as he speaks to those high places, Lord God, that your anointing would, would go with him in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And um, yeah, Chris, I, I just felt like uh, the Lord say that you are, um, you're, you're very gifted, that, that your gift is, um, you've got a great gift in, in, in worship, um, in, in songs, and in bringing His presence, and bringing His glory, and, and I feel like that there, are, that there is more that you are going to step into, and, um, and that you're going to, He's going to help you to explore that gift in such a way that you're going to just start producing more and more and more, and I just kind of see that um, there'll come a time where it's like the waves of the ocean on the shore, and they just keep coming, and you'll just keep having ideas, you'll keep writing, and you won't be able to keep up with what the Lord's going to do in your life. And so, um, and so just ask the, the Holy Spirit to, to just, Lord, just breathe on that gift in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray that you'll cause it to grow, uh, cause it to flourish. You, you're going to step into a springtime. You're going to step into a fresh new season. Um, thank you, Jesus. Uh, Adriana, I, I just um, uh, felt like um, you're, you're kind of, heaven's best kept secret and um and i i, I see you are um you're, you're going to um uh you're going to confuse people people are going to be surprised um when you step out and do what it is that he's called you to do so um you, you'll come out with uh, these words of wisdom you'll come out with the anointing things are going to happen as you put hands on people and as you pray and as you interact with people and it's going to take people by surprise, and um, and it's kind of like you're you're um, he's getting you ready for what is to come, and and be expectant for, for greater and more and bigger, and um, heaven's best kept secret. This is the words that I that I heard. Thank you, Jesus. Um, Lee, yeah. Um, I felt like uh, I, I, I saw this gift of faith on you, and it's kind of like, um, I want you to be on my team, or it's like you need to be on the team, and it's like because you bring the faith uh, part of the equation to the team, and, uh, and it's like as you're there um, in that place where the Lord has you, um, it's, you, there's this effortlessness, there's this, um, this faith part that, that you bring when it's like, well, at least we've got faith in the room because Lee's here now, and so that's all good. 
and, um, and it's just kind of bringing that, and it's just kind of bringing you, and you can just look ahead and just kind of see past all those barriers and obstacles, see the thing at the other side, and it's like, yeah, well, that's where we're going, and I can see that, that's, that's all good, we just have to get a few trees out the way and mountains and all that, but at least you can see the path, and, uh, and I feel like that's what you bring. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, um, Marcus, it was, um, uh, I, I saw you uh, coming alongside and, and setting people free from things they've been under bondage for, for years, for, for decades, and it's kind of um, being a, a support, a pillar, a strength, and um, I feel like you're, you're an anchor to, to a lot of people. And, um, and, and it's because you point them to Jesus. And so people be kind of um, look, look to you and then you'll point them to Jesus. And so it's like this, um, the, the, this anchor, this strong thing. We all need uh, people in our lives that we can look up to, kind of respect and, um, and, and kind of want to be like. I feel like there's a lot of people that are going to see you as uh, like and already do as like a role model, someone that they want to um, kind of be like, want to have what you, you got type thing. And, um, and it's because you just keep pointing them to, to Jesus. Um, so I feel like that ministry is going to keep growing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And yeah, just a couple here, um, Puma Jacket and... Um, yeah, just, just this deep well, um, and, uh, and I just see you uh, overflowing, imparting. Uh, you keep your water levels high, and the Bible says to be ready in season and out of season, and I feel like that you've always got something to bring, share, give. I've, I'll be talking about that a bit this morning, but, um, but you're always ready. You've always got something, and, and I feel like people will come because they just need some water, need a bit extra, and, um, and I see you providing that. Hallelujah. We're just going to, um, I, I want to share, I've got a word on my heart, and, and let's just stay open to, to the Spirit, and we're just going to open up for a ministry time afterwards as well, and I uh, just want to release, you know, and so um, if you are like, like Jordan, Pastor Jordan said, um, there's a river flowing through here this morning, and if you are in a place where you just need something, a, a refreshing, uh, a bit more living water, well, we're just going to really open that up. And if you've yet to receive your prayer language, if you'd like to receive that, um, well, then that's something that I do as well. Just bring that. And so we'll do that at the end as well. You might say, why do I want to do that? Well, it builds up your spirit on the inside. And so um, praying in tongues builds up your spirit. Prophesying builds up the church. And so we've got both those things happening. And, uh, and so we'll open up a space for that. But, you know, the Holy Spirit's moving. And so let's, um, let's just be 100% present in this moment. You know, this morning could be a morning where God speaks to you about the rest of your life. You know, this is a, it really is, right now, is a new chapter uh, in, in the world at the moment. The globe is shifting chapters. The global church is shifting chapters. The Church of New Zealand is. Uh, Hills Church here is. And you yourself are. So we're all caught up in this season where God is doing significant things in a year's time, in a couple of years' time. It's going to look really different to what it looks like now. So be expectant, be ready for what God wants to do. Where you see yourself, it could be a bit different to, to where God's going to take you, but it's going to be good and it's going to be great. And we are people of expectancy and hope and faith for the future. I mean, we, we should be the most hopeful people on the earth because we know what our hope and our future is. And when you look at the world at the moment, you can see uh, quite a bit of hopelessness. You can see a few dead ends, a few, well, how are we ever going to get beyond this point? There's a lot of that happening in the world, but we live a supernatural lifestyle. We, we live, see, God, He creates up these laws, right? He creates these laws, like the law of gravity, so everyone's under that. But then there's these other laws that He creates that supersede those laws, like the law of aerodynamics can supersede the law of gravity so you can fly when even the pulls you to the ground. And so God sets up these laws in the universe, but as spirit-filled believers, as Christians, as the kids of God, sons and daughters of God, we actually live in these other laws as well that supersede the natural laws. So if you start seeing miracles happen in your life, if you start seeing new things that you would never expect, well, well, this is normal for us. And so just be ready because I feel like God is stepping up 
He's going to do more and greater because we have seen in the last five years persecution increase on the earth like never before. Like the graph is going like this. And so that the enemy is raising his game. He's trying to change the times and the seasons. He's trying to bring them forward. But God's going to put a stop to that and he's going to release a season of grace like we've never seen before. And so the church is heading into good days. The church is going to get brighter. The, the world is probably going to get darker. But it, it's not going to worry us. It's not going to fear us because we are people who are living under the grace and the anointing and the favor of God. We've got this favor. We've got this favor. So I'm, I'm just prophesying at the moment. I'm just telling you what I, what I feel and, and what's happening on the earth. And so these... Um, these, these difficult times, difficult changes um, are probably going to take place, but there's one thing that we can learn from the persecuted church, right? From the, the church that uh, endures suffering, imprisonment, torture, simply because they're believers. I can tell you this, that quite often there is less fear in the persecuted church than there is in our own country here. Sometimes we look ahead and we can start getting a bit worried, a bit anxious, a bit fearful. But in the world of the persecuted church, they, they've counted the cost, they've seen what's ahead, but all you can do is rely on Jesus. And then what happens is you start relying on Jesus, and then as you do that, then His Spirit comes, and there's this, this peace that surpasses understanding. There's this joy, you know, in the midst of difficult times. And so this is what we are um, about, what we're going to step into. So just be, be ready. Be ready for what God's doing. So um, please take your seats. Thank you um, for, for having me here. And so um, like Pastor Jordan says, um, I'm Mike Burrows. I'm on team at, at Open Doors. And Open Doors helps people follow Jesus all over the world, no matter the cost. So it's in the, in the toughest places on earth. For the gospel that we're there standing with and supporting and strengthening and encouraging believers under persecution and i've had this amazing privilege over the last seven years to serve the persecuted church um, by raising awareness raising prayer support raising financial support for believers under persecution but i've also been able to serve the church of new zealand by sharing some of the, the stories, sharing some of the lessons that, that we can learn from believers under persecution, because I, I think they can be some of the, the greatest mentors for our faith. I mean, Christians who suffer imprisonment, beating, torture, um, but yet through it all, their faith remains intact and is even stronger at the end of it. I reckon there's something that we can learn from them. And so, uh, so this is really just a family talk this morning, just talking about our brothers and sisters around the world, you know, our um, God's kids. But um, on my heart this morning, I've, I've got a word. And so I want to just share this, this word and, um, and then introduce you to, to a couple of our, our brothers and sisters. So um, this morning, I want to share from uh, Psalms, Psalm chapter 84. And it's just such a great, just such a great Psalm. I mean, the, the whole Bible is great living word of God, sort of the spirit, but Psalm 84, I love Psalm 84, and then, so I, I can't preach on the whole thing, but, um, but just these three verses, verses five, six, and seven. So let's have a look at these verses here. It says this, blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. And um, man, I just love the, those verses. I mean, these verses really do represent the, the journey of the persecuted church, you know, in, in a lot of ways, who, whose, whose strength is in you and as they pass through this, this valley, they've got their hearts set on pilgrimage, but um, uh, they go from strength to strength, you know, till each appears before God in Zion. I just, I just see the journey of the persecuted church in these verses, but, but I also see our journey, you know, our journey here, and I really feel like this is going to speak to us this morning. So a, f a few weeks ago, I was um, on my bed, and um, 
and I was in pain, so I've, um, I've had a, a slipped disc in my neck, and I'm uh, feeling really good this morning. Thank you, Jesus. It's getting a lot better. So this was like, it's been about four months worth. And, um, <clears throat> and so I was just there, and I was like, God, um, I'm, I'm sore. <laughs> I'm hurting. And, uh, and God said, uh, read, read Psalm 84. And so, uh, so I start to read. Start to read Psalm 84, and <clears throat> got to verse 7, and it says they, they go from strength to strength. Till each appears before God in Zion. And I thought, I don't feel like I'm going from strength to strength. I feel like I'm going from like weak to weaker. I'm, I'm, I'm like, Jesus, help me. I'm going from weak to weaker. This isn't a, a good place. I had this, this picture of a, like a, a warrior, you know, defeating the devil, living in faith, living victoriously day by day, each day, you know, achieving something for the kingdom of God. And, and there I am just, you know, in pain on my bed. I'm like, Jesus, this doesn't look like me. And then he said, well, we'll go back and, and read verse 5. I was reading verse 7, go back and read verse 5 which says, blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. And, and the Lord said to me, well, well, your strength is in me. It's, it's not in yourself. Your strength is in me, not in you. And, and as, he, as he said that, I just sensed the, the presence of the Lord come and, and fall. And, and I, I sense his presence here this morning, and, and he wants to do more this morning. So, you know, we, we, haven't, we haven't finished. We're, we're just <laughs> we're going, going deeper. You know, we, yeah, there's this, this, this going deeper, you know, into the, the Holy of Holies. You, you start out here, and then you enter his gates with thanksgiving and praise, and, and we're going, going deeper this morning. But I just, I just felt the, the presence of God come, and, and I just felt his strength kind of rise up within me. And uh, this morning, you may feel like you're not going from strength to strength. You, you might feel like you're in a place of um, difficulty, weakness, a few challenges, like, you know, internally, it's, it's not feeling like uh, you're living victoriously. But I want to tell you this morning that you are, that you are actually going from strength to strength. I just want to share with you a couple of verses from the Word here. And so Mark, <coughs> Mark 4, 8 says this, Still other seed fell on the good soil. It came up and grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, and some 100 times what was sown. And so if, if you are good soil, right, and so good soil are those who have accepted the word of God into their heart and it's starting to grow. So that's you and me as Christians, as born-again believers, we've actually only got three options. 30, 60, or 100 times what was sown. See, there is no zero. There is no going backwards. There is no decrease as we are born again believers. There is only moving forward. So sometimes the Lord says, well, all you have to do is stand. And if you stand, I'll fight on your behalf. And so you are producing a crop. I want to say that to you this week, you have been producing a crop 30, 60, or 100 times what is sown. In God, those are your only options. So don't think that, you, that nothing is happening through your life. Don't think that you haven't produced anything. I mean, look at this verse here in John 15, 5, which says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And so just by remaining in Jesus, we will bear much fruit. And so fruit is being born through your life. So you just need to be encouraged. We have to encourage ourselves in the Lord that we are fruitful people. That as we're planted, as we're planted and placed by the streams of living water, that we are bearing much fruit. So back to our, our verse again, Psalm 84. And verse 5 says this, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. I want to share with you a, um, an open doors story. Uh, Peter, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. So Peter, he was walking through the desert. And uh, the occasional bush, the, the occasional tree, but, but mostly sand and, and desert. 
and, and the sweat was pouring down his, his face um, and the sweat was stinging his eyes. And he had had no food, no water for days. All he had was some vague directions of a man he had just met. He was on his way to a, a refugee camp. And he was walking through this desert, you know, almost. Uh, he'd, he'd come to the, the end of himself. And, and he said this, Long forgotten songs drifted into my mind. Songs of praise and worship. The songs that, that we used to sing before the persecution started. Songs that we sang when the church was strong. Those were his words. The actual truth is, is that the church has remained strong, continues to remain strong even in the midst of persecution, but he remembered these songs. So Peter, he's, he's from Eritrea. Eritrea is a, a country in, uh, in East Africa, and um, it's a place where they heavily persecute you because you are a, a Christian, a believer in Jesus Christ. Peter was imprisoned for six years for his faith. He said the prisons were dirty. And they would move him frequently from place to place. He said they, they would beat us for no reason. Uh, some had you know, broken bones, broken legs, broken hands. He said some died from their injuries. He said, I, I think that some also died um, through hopelessness. And, and he said, we, we just, you just couldn't get out and you didn't know what the, the next day was going to bring forth. Once Peter was transferred to a cell that was so small that he could only lie down in it. It was like a box. It was essentially a, a, a coffin. And he was kept in that box for six months, simply for being a Christian. He said he, he could hardly move, so he, he became, his body became paralyzed. And eventually, after those six months, he was lifted out of that coffin, and, um, and then he, he was started to, to move his, his arms and legs again, and, and, but he was immediately thrown into an underground holding chamber, and he was left there in the pitch black for a further five months. He said when they, they drew him out, he couldn't see. He was, he was blind. He hadn't seen light for, for five months. But he said, praise God, my, my sight slowly cleared again. And again, they gave him, they gave Peter a confession to sign. And they said, if you sign this confession, well, well you're free to go. They, they'd offered him these confessions before. And the confession simply said, I will not share Jesus with another person and I will not meet other Christians. If he signed that, then he was free to go. I mean, catch this. The confession didn't say, we want you to renounce your faith. They knew that, that he was beyond that, that he, he wouldn't renounce his faith. So all they said was, okay, just don't gather with other believers, don't share your faith, and if you keep your faith to yourself, well, then we will let you go. I wonder what we would do in that situation. I mean, our, our faith is actually um, a, a faith that, that does reach out on, in love. You know, it's one of the, the things that the Lord calls us to do, to, to be salt and light on the earth, to, to, to love and to and extend out, you know, um, the, the good news. It is good news, the good news of Jesus Christ. And Peter's response was this. He refused to sign. He says, I'm not going to deny my faith because if I do, it will mean that I've wasted these last six years of my imprisonment. I've already suffered so much for Jesus. If I sign away now, well then everything that I've been through will have been for nothing. Oh man. In other words, in other words he's, he's in so deep now that, that he, he's not going anywhere else. He's there to the end. And, and I just wonder in, in my own life, um, you know, am, am I in so deep that I'll, I'll never turn back now? 
you know, have I invested so much time into, into prayer and, and, you know, finances given to church and um, built up, a, you know, everyone knows I'm a, I'm a Christian and um, reputation and all that. Are we in so deep that we're not going to leave Jesus now? I mean, I, I think of the disciples. The disciples say, well, well, look, Jesus, we've left everything to follow you. I mean, where are we going to go? We're, we're just sticking with you. You know, wherever you go, we're, we're just with you. And, and I feel like that's the, the kind of attitude that the Lord wants us to have. You know, Jesus, man, no matter what, I'm just going to stick with you. And, and I feel like um, this is why I love Open Doors, why I love this ministry, is because I feel like um, Open Doors is preparing us for what's ahead. And, and I feel like it's a current relevant message. Like, I don't know what, what it's going to look like in a couple of years' time, you know, that kind of thing. But I, I, I feel like we, we want to we process some of these questions. Would we sign that uh, declaration? You know, would we choose uh, our freedom over our faith? I mean, here in New Zealand, currently, we can have our faith and our freedom. Praise the Lord. We've, we've been able to have that for decades. You know, for, we've just been living in that. Uh, but there are many people around the world that choose, you know, you have to choose between your faith or your freedom. And so Peter, he remained in that prison, and, um, and as he was seeking God, as he was praying, uh, he, he felt one day, he felt in his spirit, it, it's time to go, <clears throat> that it's time to escape, or at least try to escape. I'm either going to die or I'm going to make it. He just felt like it was time. And so he felt like, well, nighttime was probably the best, so he could um, run under the cover of darkness. And so he was standing in a, in a line, and then uh, at one moment he broke the line, and he ran. He ran for the perimeter. Now, around the perimeter of the uh, prison was um, big thorns, um, uh, trees and plants with big thorns. That, that was the, uh, the fencing around the perimeter. And he somehow jumped over, got through, ran through all those thorns and, and thistles and briars. And at the same time, he is running under a hail of gunfire and he ran off into the night. The next day, as he was alternating between running and walking, he, he said, he said I, I prayed very hard because if they had caught me, they would have hurt me very bad. I mean, when have we prayed that hard? <clears throat> the next day, he uh, saw a man uh, sitting under a, a tree, and it was a, um, a local shepherd, local, local farmer, and, and he decided that, you know, I've, I've got nothing I, I can do. I, I'm just going to talk to this guy. And he came up to that farmer, and he, and, he, and he confessed. He said, I've just escaped from prison. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do, and I, um, I, I just need some help. And so the farmer, he decided to um, bring him into his house. He gave him food and, and water. And, and Peter said this, when, when the Open Doors team were talking with him, Peter said this, that was the first real food, the first real meal I've had in years. I mean, imagine that, not having a real food, not having a real meal in, in absolute years. And this farmer gave him a, a meal. He, he gave him some provisions, some water, put him in some of his clothes and sent him on a direction. And he said, well, look, there's a refugee camp across the border. And if you just head in that direction, uh, well, then you'll eventually get there. And so Peter started walking. And like I said, he's walking through the desert, sweat stinging his eyes. Soon the, the food and the water ran out. And he said, well, I, I ate leaves to keep me going. He said it was bitter but it just gave me the strength to keep going. And eventually he made it to that refugee camp. He'd walked over 200 kilometers and he managed to make it there. And so as the Open Doors team was talking with him, uh, he said, he said, I, 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 can't, I couldn't get skills and training. You know, these six years, they've, they've taken uh, a chunk of my life. He says, I couldn't get skills and training. I don't know how to do office work. I can't even see myself getting married, having my own family. I'm almost 40 now, and I have to start from nothing. But he smiled and concluded, but I still have Jesus, and he is worth it all. I still have Jesus. You know, if, if everything else is going, just go to that next slide. If, if every, any, everything else is 
going badly in our lives, you know what? We still have Jesus. <laughs> he, he's worth it all. He, he's the one that we can continue to, to hold on to. So Peter, he set his heart on pilgrimage. Set his heart on pilgrimage. He's finding his strength. Even today, even now, he's, he's just finding his strength in Jesus. And, and this is what we need to do. We need to do the, the same. And so how, how, do we, how do we find our strength in Jesus? Well, I feel like it's the streams. It's the rivers. Now, Pastor Jordan said there's a river flowing through here this morning. It's the streams. It's the rivers. Now, um, walking through the valley of Baca. I mean, in the valley, what do you find in a valley? Well, water always flows down to the lowest point. And so quite often in a valley, you'll, you'll find a, a river. You'll find a, a trickle of water. And so there are, there are rivers. There's a valley. There's rivers. There's a stream. So Revelation 22.1 says this. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God. It never stops flowing and you're connected to the river, right? John 4.14 says this, the water I give them will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The river is within us. Psalm 1.3 says this, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. And so Revelation 22, there's one river. Psalm chapter 1, there's many streams. There's one river, but there's many streams. And so we need to be trees that are planted beside many streams. We need to allow these streams to flow into our lives. And so what are those streams? Well, one of the streams is coming here to church on a Sunday. There's a stream flowing through here. So no matter how your week has been, you come here and you plant yourself beside a stream and you allow the stream to flow into your lives. Another stream is the relationships that you have in your life. People of God, people who can sow into your life, bless you, pray for you, offer you words of wisdom and advice. They're like streams flowing into your life. Your own devotional walk with the Lord, your, your time where you read the word or when you pray, it's setting up a stream into your life as well. And so these are the streams. I feel like the more streams we have flowing into our life, well, then the more we get filled up to be able to overflow to those around us. There are streams, there are streams. And so if you're always connected to the river, if you're always connected to the stream, well then you always will have something to give, something to bring, or something to share. I mean, even as we come into church this morning, uh, the attitude that I like to take uh, if I'm sitting down, if I'm not speaking, but, you know, what can I bring into the service this morning? What can I bring to add to the atmosphere, to add my uh, voice? Um, you know, you don't want me up there because I'm not in, not an in-tune voice, but I still add my voice to the corporate worship that we're lifting up from this place. And so we can actually always be known as someone who has a word of encouragement to bring, uh, a prophetic uh, thing to share, something to give, a breakthrough to impart. And it's because the, the river is flowing through our lives. And the great thing is, is that when you start to give, when you start to overflow, I just love, I mean, Proverbs eleven twenty five says, a generous person will prosper. One who refreshes others will themselves be refreshed. And so we just get to refresh others. And then in so doing, we get refreshed along the way. So back to our verse again, Psalm 84. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They make it a place of springs. This is what you and I carry. See, we have the ability to make the Valley of Baca, which is the place of weeping, into a place of springs because we carry this into the valley. We can bring refreshing and we can bring life. I mean, we are constantly walking every day into various people's valleys. You know, people are, are in valleys, but as we step into their lives, what we bring with the anointing that we carry, we have the ability to flow and to bring blessing and to bring anointing into their lives. There are some people who choose to stay in the Valley of Baca because of 
what they bring. And so I want to share with you another open doors story, and it's uh, Rajesh, Rajesh and his wife. Rajesh and his wife, they're um, from India. Before Rajesh became a Christian, uh, he had a, a stomach condition, and it was a life-threatening condition, and, and he was quite desperate, and so he went to all the different um, temples, different shrines. He was just trying to um, get himself better, restored, healed, and wherever he went, the, he just, his condition was getting worse. But then he heard that there was a church just along the way, and at that church that had some miracles take place. And so he turned up at this church, and, and he said to the, the leaders there and the pastors, he said, um, what do I need to do for this God to heal me? And they said, well, well, look, you just have to be here. We'll pray for you, and we'll believe. Uh, we'll anoint you with oil, lay hands on you, and, and we believe you'll be healed. And so he went in, and uh, the believers gathered around him. They prayed for him. And he was miraculously, in that moment, he was healed from that stomach condition. And he gave his life to Christ, and his wife gave her life to Christ as well. So three months later, he decided he wanted to get baptized, water baptized. And um, being water baptized is a very significant moment in our life. You know, like if, if you have yet to be water baptized, that's something that we want to do. It's identifying with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, and actually a spiritual transaction takes place when you are water baptized. It actually seals the deal, um, I believe, that kind of in the spirit realm uh, that you can see. It's kind of like you stay wet or it's like, you know, you come out and you're different. Um, from when you went in the water and coming out the water. So, you know, I recommend that. It's, it's something that we just want to do. You can talk to um, Pastor Jordan about that if, if that's something you'd like to do at some point. He decided, yeah, I want to be water baptized. So he was water baptized that morning. And then in the afternoon, he wanted to share the Jesus film with his village, to, to share the gospel and share the, the message of Jesus Christ. So he started to set up um, the, the screen. And, and I actually... Uh, lived in Nepal for a year, and we would show the Jesus film in, in the Himalayas uh, region, and um, it was quite fun. These guys would set up a couple of bamboo poles and then um, tie a um, like a sheet uh, in between them as a screen. And uh, I've got a photo of a guy, and I don't know why, but he was um, he was sort of trimming the bamboo pole of all the little spikes coming off it, but he was trimming it. Um, he wanted it to be erected first, and then he climbed up it and was trimming it from the top. And I was like, I don't know why he didn't want to do that while he was lying down. I guess it was more fun to do it while he was up there. But anyway, I just see them, you know, trimming this tree up the top of, of there. And so we, um, the other guys carried a generator and, um, and just showed the Jesus film. So this is what Rajesh wanted to do. And, um, but as he was setting up and inviting people to come, the village leaders, they said to him, uh, Rajesh, we don't want you showing the Jesus film here. No, we don't want a Christian witness in this village. This is not your place. This is our place, and we're going to kick you out. And so if you show this, you're gone. And so they forced him to stop showing the Jesus film. Now, if you think about it, on one day, Rajesh, he went from baptism to evangelism to persecution just on one day. And, and that's actually the persecuted church. Um, at Open Doors, we, um, our mission is actually not to stop persecution uh, because persecution has actually always been there with the, the preaching of the gospel. I mean, you could potentially minimize persecution. All you have to do is tell people to stop sharing their faith, stop reaching out in love, stop being Jesus in their community. And if people stop doing that, well, then persecution will be greatly minimized on the earth. But the Lord calls us to step out. So, they did hinder Rajesh from, from doing that on that day. But over the course of the next couple of years, he started leading people to Christ. He started seeing people healed, delivered, set free. He started to, to build this church. And there was getting so many Christians in the area that the village leader says, we've got to stop this. And so what they did was they called in the Maoists. They, they, they are an extremist group in that region of the world. And they collected all the Christians and took them off into the jungle. And the, the leaders, the village leaders said, yeah, just, just get rid of these Christians. And so they were interrogating 
these Christians in the jungle. And at one point, one of the Maoists said to Rajesh, why have you decided to be a Christian? It is causing you so much hassle. We're probably going to kill you. Why have you decided to be a Christian? As he was asked that question, the power of the Holy Spirit came upon him and he started preaching the gospel and he started at Genesis and he went all the way through to Jesus, just talking about the gospel for about half an hour. As he was preaching the gospel, all the Maoists around him remained silent to listen to him. There he is at gunpoint with all these other Christians around him. And in one of the most unlikely places on earth, you'll hear the message of the gospel. The good news is being preached to these guys who've never heard it before. And then when he got to the point where Jesus was killed and then he raised to life, uh, one of the Maoists said, stop, we've heard enough. Uh, We don't want to hear this anymore. And Rajesh says, okay, I will stop, but I'm going to tell you this, that none of us are going to renounce our faith. You can kill us. You can do whatever you want to us, but we're going to remain following Jesus. He said, as I said that, it threw the Maoists into a confusion. He said, they didn't know what to do with us. They, they suddenly felt like they didn't want to kill them, but they didn't know what to do. And so they just let them go. It, it stunned them. The, the faith of Rajesh, that word of faith, threw them into a confusion, and they just let them go. And so these Christians wandered back into their village again. <laughs> they just came back. All the Christians have come back. <laughs> they come back to our village, and they went back into their houses again. I don't know what you would do if that kind of intense situation had just happened to you. Would you perhaps lay low for a little bit? You know, not um, raise your head. Let's just, okay, so we just had some heavy times. Let's just sit back and, and pray together. And Well, not Rajesh and his wife because over the next, over the next, three weeks yes over the next three weeks he led another five families to Christ and so they decided the leaders decided okay Rajesh and um, uh, your wife um, we're going to get you out of town you can't come back they dragged them out of the village they started to beat them with sticks I mean in the past they'd actually tied them both to a tree and beaten them with large bamboo canes. Um, but they beat Rajesh and his wife and, and left them for dead uh, on, the, on the road um, outside the village. And then Rajesh, he turned his head and looked across the dirt at his wife who was just lying there covered in her blood and, and in, in dirt and, and dust. And he just looked across the the grounds, and he said to her, it's okay, we can always preach Jesus in the next village. So they picked themselves up, went to the next village, found a home, set up home there, and now they lead five house churches in that village and open doors, supports them, giving them medicine, food, what they need, help them with further study, and help them to, to lead these five house churches that they're leading and they're going to you know, wake up this morning. You know, New Zealand wakes up first, but it's going to come around to India, and they're going to wake up, and they're going to just start leading those five house churches. And, man, these are the, the kind of believers that, that we help and we support and, and that we serve. And so Rajesh and his wife find their strength in the Lord, have their hearts set on pilgrimage. I was looking at the, um, just the original Hebrew of those verses we're looking at, Psalm 84, and, um, and this verse here, it says this, it says, passing through the valley of Baca, this is what it, it sounds like in the original Hebrew, passing through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The early rain also covers it with blessings. And so um, that word Abba, that passing through, that Abba, means to pass over, to go through, to alienate, to pass beyond. And so what it's saying is this Valley of Baca is a place where you do not belong. It's not your home. It's not your final resting place. If you find yourself in the Valley of Baca, you're only there for a short amount of time, for a transient 
amount of time. So it's not your home. You may choose to be there for a while. You may find yourself there for a while, but this is not your home. You're passing through. But as you pass through, because you don't belong there, I mean, Hebrews 11 says that we're strangers on the earth anyway. But as we pass through, the word Abba also means to bring or to carry. And so we're passing through this place and we're bringing and we're carrying something as we pass through. And so, like I said, you always have something to bring and share and give through every season of life. But then it says the early rain covers it with blessings. And so it's really the rain before its time. It's the the rain of the promise of what is to follow. It's the prophetic rain that prophetically declares a breaking of the drought. And this is what you do as you step into people's lives, that you actually can prophetically declare the drought is over, the river is flowing, and bring some impartation to be able to bring people into their next season, into their next chapter. And that's why I love that we all carry this prophetic anointing, and as we share that prophetic anointing with people, not only does it speak of what is to come, but it actually takes the hand of people and carries them over the threshold into the next season, into the next chapter of their lives, which which I love. And so we get to do that ourselves as, as spirit-filled believers. We all have this that we can carry. And so, but for us to bring this into other people's valleys, we need to be filled ourselves. And so what I want to do this morning is... Um, I want to provide a, a place for, for us to, to receive a fresh uh, anointing, fresh impartation, and, and, a, and a fresh and filling. Um, but I also want to show us that how we can bring uh, reins of refreshing to the persecuted church, that how we can come alongside them as well. And so um, one of the things that we can do to, um, to refresh the persecuted church is, is we can pray. Because we, we ask them, what do you want from us? What do you need? And they say three things. Number one, will you visit us? Number two, will you pray? Number three, will you give? And so they want us to visit just to know that they're not alone. And so that's something that they really feel like if we know that people around the world are thinking of us, praying for us, well, then that gives us strength. Will you visit us? Will you pray? Will you give? So we've got some uh, prayer guides, prayer booklets on the seats there. I've got some up on the stand as well. And it's just got something to pray for every day. You just follow the date. And it just means people around the world praying for the same thing at the same time. The other thing we can do is, is give. And, and so we've got these, um, uh, you can uh, click on the QR code and it goes to a, a place on our website. If you feel like in your heart that that's something that you want to do to partner with, to serve the persecuted church, well, then you can just go to our website and you can choose. You can give a, a one-off amount and it will either go to, to say, Bibles or to discipleship or to help orphans and widows or families of martyrs, those in prison at the moment, if we can get some sort of resources into them. And it just helps Christians who live in the toughest places on earth to continue to remain strong and continue to follow Jesus. And so, for example, $7 uh, helps to disciple a child. $10 helps to disciple a young person. $20 puts a Bible into the hands of a believer. $50 helps to feed a family for a month during COVID-19. $100 helps to rebuild churches. And so these are just some of the things that, that we can do as we are um, believers who have a wider church family with our brothers and sisters. So uh, feel free to take some things on the stand there. I've got um, some postcards with stories on as well. And so that's one thing that we can do to overflow to them. But we ourselves need to be filled up so that we can overflow. And so I just want to provide a moment uh, right now for us to, to be in his presence once more, to receive a word from him, to receive what it is that he's calling us to do. So, so why don't we stand? Let, let's stand. Oh, I'd love to engage in that way. And what I thought we would do to start off with, I, I thought we would, we would pray. Let's pray for the persecuted church. Let's pray for... Um, uh, for Rajesh and his wife as they are leading their churches today. And we're just going to pray that God would move in their service.
And then uh, after that, we're just going to allow a moment for the Holy Spirit to flow. And if you would like to come up the front and receive a refresh, a refreshing that way, I just want to, you know, let's just call this place our lounge room, our home. Let's just be comfortable to come up. You might want to move out of your seats and walk around, but we just want to do that. And if you want to receive your prayer language, if you want to receive uh, just some kind of impartation from the Lord, well, then we, we just want to provide that here because this is church. This is our family, and the anointing is here, the, the presence of God. So I'm just going to lead us. Lead us now in prayer. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just before I pray, why don't you allow the Holy Spirit to drop into your mind a, a picture of a face? So we're thinking about um, Rajesh and his church and his family in India and, and the churches there. And um, Is there a face that the Holy Spirit brings to mind or a name, perhaps? Because we don't know necessarily the people that we're praying for, but Jesus knows, the Holy Spirit knows. And so let's pray in line with what the Holy Spirit wants us to pray for this morning. Hallelujah. Just a picture of face and name. Hallelujah. Lord, right now, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we lift up these ones to you that you've highlighted to us, and we pray right now that they would sense your presence. Lord, we pray that they would know that someone is praying for them at the moment in Jesus' name. Lord, we're praying for your presence to come and to fill them with strength, fill them with revelation, put your word in their heart and in their mind, keep them strong in the environment that they find themselves in at the moment. And we pray, Lord God, that as believers come together, that you'll keep them safe, Lord God, that you'll keep them there in the palm of your hand. Lord, that your presence would fall in a tangible, supernatural, undeniable way. Lord, we're praying for healings, deliverances, and that today would be the day of salvation for those who come into those churches in Jesus' name. Lord God, we're praying that you'll draw people into your family, into your kingdom, and that those places will be life houses, places where people find life, find salvation, and find you. Hallelujah. And Lord, for us this morning, Lord, you've called us to be an influence globally, nationally, and also in our sphere of influence here locally as well. But to do that, Lord, we need to be filled. We need to be hearing from you. We need to be overflowing with your presence and your anointing. So right now, I pray you'll come by your spirit, and he'll blow through this room in Jesus' name. Lord, fill each person by the power of your spirit. If you do have a prayer language, I just ask you to pray right now in the spirit, and what that will do is that will create an anointing, that will create uh, just a welcoming environment for the Holy Spirit to move. We're praying with our spirit. And I pray even right now, Lord God, that people will be released into their new prayer language even right now as they are where they're standing. Hallelujah. So I want you to breathe in and then breathe out with a sound. And that's going to bring the breakthrough. Just breathe in and then breathe out with a sound. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, I pray you'd move by your spirit, by your anointing, by your presence. Thank you, Lord. In this environment, if you'd like to step out of your seats now, this is the, the time we're just going to open up this place. We're just going to have an informal time of the Lord moving in His Spirit and His presence. Hallelujah. Don't leave this place without having had a personal word from the Lord for you. I mean, He's been speaking. He's been speaking the worship time. He's been speaking through the message, through the scriptures. He's been here talking to us, but He's still talking. And so allow the Holy Spirit to breathe and move in your life. So I'd just like to open up. Hallelujah. Lord God, fall by your spirit and by your anointing and by your presence right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah, so just come up. If you'd like me to pray, I'd love to do that. I'm just going to hand it over and we're just going to continue in his presence. Thank you, Jesus. So Mark just opened up the altar.